Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, April 29th, 2022, and today we're reading from the big book, and we're in the doctor's opinion, page XXXI, the third paragraph, when I need a mental lift, reading that one paragraph only, and today's readers are, and thank you for your service in the month of April, for the 12 steps, Dara L., for the 12 traditions, Tenzin P., and reading the text are Pete B. and Anne-Marie M. Our backup is Janice P.M. The newcomer greeter is Jason K., and the second, the host of the second hour is Betsy H. The reference numbers for Thursday, April 28, 2022, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 18,894. It's 18894, and for the 10 a.m. meeting is 18,894. 195. That's 18895. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Dara L. to read the 12 steps. Great. Thanks for your service. This is Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater currently uh, on retreat in the Poconos. Um, Okay, the 12 steps. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And thank you.
Thank you, Dara. And I will now ask Tenzin P to read the 12 traditions. Mm, good morning, uh, Tenzin P checking in from New York City. Grateful to be here. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop compulsive eating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day. Thank you, Tenzin. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book we're in the doctor's opinion, page XXXI, the third paragraph, when I need a mental uplift, ending with he would have the willpower to resist the impulse to drink. Reading that one paragraph only, and I will ask Pete B to begin reading. Uh, thank you. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm recovered today by God's grace and mercy. And I'm in Pennsylvania. When I need a mental uplift, I often think of another case brought in by a physician prominent in New York. The patient 
had made his own diagnosis and deciding his situation hopeless, had hidden in a deserted barn determined to die. He was rescued by a searching party and in desperate condition brought to me. Following his physical rehabilitation, he had a talk with me in which he frankly stated he thought the treatment a waste of effort, unless I could assure him, which no one ever had, that in the future, he would have the willpower to resist the impulse to drink. So, um, you know, uh, who, 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 who doesn't like a mental uplift, right? It's Friday, mental uplift, you know, looking for one, you know, and uh, as, I, as I contemplated and pondered my, uh, my monologue for this morning, I thought that uh, um, it would be relevant to, you know, to share who this person was and what he did, where he came from. But, and, you know, fortunately for us, we have well-qualified, learned individuals that can share, and I'm quite certain I can say with a high degree of confidence that somebody's going to tell us who this person was and where his story possesses in the book. And, and I think, and, and, and all that's super important, right? And, 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 but, but who he is, I think uh, isn't as important as, as what he is and what he represents, right? And, and you know, I can, I can relate to a certain degree um, with, with having that feeling of desperation, that, that hopelessness that, that, that the food uh, you know, uh, has put me in, right? And, um, you know, while I, while, I never, while I never actually separated myself from everybody intending to die, I have, I have put myself into situations where I've isolated myself and thought about nothing other than ingesting the food, right? And, you know, to be honest with you, while, while I was eating, I never, I never got to the point of hopelessness with the food in hand. You know, for me, with the food, the food in hand, I was always hopeful. I, I was always looking up, you know, uh, phys, uh, you know, personal trainers and diets and programs and gurus with the food in hand, you know, on Monday, I'm going to do this on Wednesday, I'm going to do this. Right. And, you know, yeah, the, the fact of the matter is eating didn't drive me into overuse anonymous. It was not eating that drove me into alcoholics anonymous because that's when the, that's when the, the guilt, the shame, the remorse, the depression set in when I didn't have the substances going into my body. Right. And, you know, the last thing, the, the, the last thing that, that I want to really kind of harp, harp on is this idea of that he would have the willpower. You know, you know, this this disease and the way that we address this disease by having a spiritual experience, but just incorporating the practices that the fellowship promotes, the phone calls, the meal plans, the weighing, the measuring, you know, for me, for me, that that takes on almost a, a power in and of itself. And it gets me deceived. It deceives me because it makes me think like I'm having some, some sense of control, some, some idea of like I'm doing something that's causing this to happen, right? And these practices, all super, super important and really, really helpful, right? But the fact of the matter is if I'm relying on my will, if I'm relying on my uh, uh, routines and regimens that I put in place, I'm relying on myself or I'm relying on others. Time, the please. The fact of the matter is I have no more willpower, 
no more willpower than I had when I, when I was out there eating, right? My, my recovery comes from grace, the spiritual experience I had as a result of working the steps. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for, giving, for accommodating. Thank you, Pete, for getting us started. We're on page XXXI, the third paragraph, when I need a mental uplift. Sharing on that one paragraph, and although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So if you have not shared since Tuesday, you are welcome to share. Who would like to share? Hey, this is Charles H. And Jenna M. Anne Marie L. Christina L. Say L. Janice L. Teresa P. Lee H. Okay. Lou or Lee? Lee with two E's. Okay. Okay. Well, this is who I heard, and I know I missed some um, gentleman's voice. So I heard Charles H. Janice P.M., Anne-Marie M., Christina L., Faye L., Teresa P., Lee H., and if you said your name, please tell me if I missed it. Okay, well, let's go with this lineup then. I can't understand you. Go ahead, please. Janice S. Janice L. Yes. Okay. S is in Sam or F as in Frank? S is in Sam. Okay. Okay, well, we'll go with this lineup then. Charles H., Janice P.M., Anne-Marie M., Christina L., Faye L., Teresa P., Lee H., and Janice S. Go ahead, please, Charles, followed by Janice P.M. Thank you very much for your service. I'm Charles H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I want to drill down on a line where it says he, he thought that the, the thing was a waste of time. It's either Fitzmay or Hank Parkhurst. It really don't matter because it definitely was me, too. And I see a step two issue right here with, you know, this thing ain't, you know, works without faith is dead, just like faith without works is dead. And, um, yeah, like, like <laughs> I was like, man, this thing ain't going to work, right? You know, to tell you the truth, I'm, a, I, I'm always an angry believer. Like, I trust the process, but I had an issue setting aside what I thought I knew. Um, I had, you know, I heard in a meeting, I have, I, I suffer from know-it-allism before this thing even works. And I, and I suffer from, um, I don't believe y'all, I think y'all jacking for three minutes of fame on stage and, and all that stuff. But when I was able to set that aside, based on circumstances, like, you know, being unhappy, even you know, even dieting with group support. Or, like, like for me, sometimes I can't stand hearing y'all. So I just fall back a little bit. And, and you know, like on a Friday morning, like Pete said, you know, who who don't need a mental uplift, right? Like, you know, at work, pain in the ass, boss, clients get on my nerves. But you know what? Thank God, right? Because so many people don't have that. Um, So I, I'm so grateful. Like, it, you know, and... and, and I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I, I don't have any sponsors because, you know, like, I, I'm one of those guys, like, like if I'm on the cliff, I'll tell you to jump. Because, like, nothing else, like, because guess what? Some, something's going to chase you off the cliff, <laughs> right? Something chased me off the cliff, and I jumped, and I got saved by the grace of God. Like, I, don't, I didn't know I was going to die. 
I didn't believe this process. I thought y'all, it was a bunch of malarkey. Like, I love that story from Hank Tonkhurst and the, the Unbeliever in the first edition. I thought it was a bunch of malarkey. I thought it was nonsense. I thought it was like my, my beautiful Grandy would say, Nariskais. That might be the word of the day, I guess. But, you know, I, I'm so grateful that, yeah, I, 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 hid, I hid in my own deserted barn, ready to die. You know, um, you know, it's so crazy. Like, it's like <laughs> just being on a cliff, right? And, like, you know, some people complaining and moaning, and I was complaining and moaning. I'm grateful that I had a sponsor to be like, I got a loving sponsor today, but I had other sponsors to be like, just jump. Just jump. Just take the chance. Take the opportunity. So either you're going to die, you're going to die anyway. Either you're going to die in grace, or you're going to die in the food, or die in resentments and fear. I'd rather die um, a recovered compulsive overeater, not jacking, not being shouting on the rooftops, because I got too much life. Life, I got a busy life because I put recovery first, and I don't be jacking three minutes Time of fame thing. every single day. And I, I never took my three minutes, but I took it today. I know. Thank you, Charles. Okay. Thanks, Charles H., Janice P.M., you're up, followed by Ann Maria. And thank you so much, Kathy, KDF. This is Janice P.M., and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from the state of Massachusetts. Well, I'm going to uh, share what this, these two paragraphs mean to me or mean to us. I'm sure more, to, more than just me. Um, these are two examples of a miracle, and that's what the, the author says. When I need a mental uplift, he's thinking of these two miracles. One, and, and you know, if we go through the two paragraphs, there's so many similarities. Well, there's a few very basic common denominators. These two people, now he's thinking, okay, um, this patient, and we know, you know, it doesn't matter who it is, it could be me, um, made his own diagnosis. Well, he came to the conclusion that he was hopeless, just like the paragraph before. That's the first thing. We have to become hopeless, not helpless, but hopeless. And we're going to see the hope at the end of the story. And he, deci he decided, you know, that this situation is hopeless, that perhaps he's powerless, you know, the very first step. So he said he, he, he resumed, he, he figured, I'm going to die because I don't know what the solution is for me because he probably tried so many things. So, you know, now it says following his physical rehabilitation. So identification here, I have to put down the food first. They both had to put down the alcohol, physical for the body. That comes first before we can get this miracle. This is what it's telling me. So, but he thought that, you know, the treatment, well, what's the treatment for us? Well, we're going to find out. We already know that the treatment for us is the program of recovery, which is not my program. It's the program of the 12 steps. He thought that was a waste of time. You know, like, oh, I can do this myself. But yet he, did, he knew he diagnosed himself. So um, he wanted to be reassured. 
you know, about willpower. Well, will is the mind. And I know I, a cure. I, there's no cure with my mind that's not uh, in recovery. It's just impossible. I could never cure my mind because I was sick, you know. Um, so what he's going to see is willpower comes from his mind of his thinking. Assure me that I'm going to think differently. Well, not necessarily because you don't have any willpower. We lost that willpower. I did anyway. I lost that power of choice in my mind. So I couldn't treat myself. It just wouldn't work. Fine, please. Oh, certainly. So you see the common denominators that I can identify with. And I will pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice PM. Anne Marie M., you're up, followed by Christina L. Good morning, Katie, and everyone on the line. Uh, this is Anne Marie M. in South Carolina, and through God's grace, recovered from compulsive overeating. Very, very grateful. You know, the line that stood out to me, um, the patient had made his own diagnosis and deciding his situation. Right there. I'm going to just stop there. I, um, I'm just thinking about my own, um, where I am right now in my recovery. And, you know, doing 10 steps is just so important. I cannot rely on myself. Uh, you know, look where this this landed this guy, you know, deciding, his, made his own diagnosis, and he decided his own situation hopeless. You know, when I make decisions on my own, thinking that they're for my best interest, I usually get myself in trouble. You know, look at all the diets that I had going on, you know, making these decisions on my own, thinking that I would be able to control my weight. That was, I that I thought was my problem was my weight. And boy, did I learn differently when I started uh, working these steps. That, you know, it's not the, the weight. It wasn't my physical looks. It was my mental obsession, my mental, uh, my mental state of mind, and not being able to feel a lot of the emotions that came up, like normal human emotions that everyone has, I wasn't able to deal with them. Well, I did. I, I dealt with them by using food, and that didn't work. The other thing, I had a note here on page 55 to 56, and um, that's in We Agnostics. And they explain a little bit more about this guy, um, this, this young man who was a, um, a preacher's son, I think they say here, uh, a minister's son. And, you know, religion didn't get, get this guy sober. You know, religion is great, and I did religion for a long time. Um, I, I I went back to my religion through uh, through working these, this program, and I'm so grateful for that. Yet, when I was in my religion before, I that did not keep me abstinent. It did not help me with my problem. Only God, um, like I said before, through God's grace was I able to stop compulsively eating. And God's grace is, is what got me to stop from obsessing to compulsively eat. You know, I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive eater. But the compulsion to eat was was paramount in my life. I just, it, it just took over everything. I think I'm just all over the place. But my point for me this morning, what I got out of this, is that I can't do this alone. 
and even with 10 steps. If I think that I can handle a problem, you know, and I'm just going to just handle it on my own, I'm going to get myself in trouble. So I need other people. I need to make phone Time, calls. Please. And I can't make big decisions on my own. So thanks, Katie. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Okay, Christina L., you're up, followed by Faye L. Good morning. Thanks so much for your service, Katie, and everybody else giving service. Um, and thanks for all the shares. I'm getting so much from this this meeting and from this paragraph. And um, uh, what is coming to me, like, this morning is, um, you know, just the word mental uplift. And uh, I just love the, what um, – and Maria just shared about God's grace because that's that's exactly what I experienced. The memory that's been coming back to me, my experience with this um, <clears throat> gift from God. And there was a particular moment um, about a year and a half ago, I think it was, after the first time that I had recovered and stuff. And something had triggered me and um, I was like in a rage and um, just completely angry. And I didn't see it at the time, but I was incredibly angry at God. But um, looking back at that time, you know, I was planning my binge. I remember it was like Labor Day weekend and I was planning Monday that I was going to go out and I was going to start the day binging and stuff like that um, just because I was so, so angry. And, um, and then I realized, I'm like, wait a minute, I can't do that because my husband and my son are home. They're off from school and work. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. You know, but I was still planning out, I was still planning out my binge because I was just so angry. And um, I remember going to bed that night, um, just fuming because, you know, I was, I had this mental obsession going on in my head about the food. And um, I remember sitting um, down to do my nightly review, and I really didn't want to do it that night. I'm like, why am I even doing this? I'm like, I'm going to go out and eat tomorrow anyway. But um, something just, I just did it. I, I, it. You know, it's just become such a part of me that I just can't go to bed without doing it. And um, I remember hearing this voice um, that, that said, why don't you, like, while I was doing my nightly review, why don't you um, just reach out to a couple of people and set up a time to talk to them tomorrow and stuff um, to, to just hold you accountable so that way you don't pick up the food. And I'm like, no, I want to pick up the food. I don't want to, I don't want to call people. I don't want to do that. But I did. And I remember before I went to bed that night, I had like, three or four people lined up for calls the next day and um, there were still more texts coming in that I, I hadn't had a chance to like get back to and stuff. And I remember going to bed that night just thinking, okay, I'm going to eat in the morning. I'm going to eat in the morning. And um, when I woke up the next morning, the obsession was completely gone. Like I wasn't even thinking about the food. It was like I was grateful for a new day and my thinking more was, okay, I got people to call today. <laughs> and I am just so grateful for that experience because, um, you know, when, when this program, not really the program because it is a simple program, but when life gets hard and it feels like there's just too much going on, I look back on that experience and that's what gives me my mental uplift. Because before program, you know, I would 
I would have been in the food, and I have no willpower. I have no willpower whatsoever. And time, um, please. And well, and with that, I'm, I'll pass. Thanks so much. I'm so grateful. Have a great day. Thank you, Christina. Okay, Faye L, you're up, followed by Teresa P. Hi, thank you so much, um, Faye L. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and this is my maybe my favorite paragraph in the whole book because I definitely was rescued by a searching party. Um, And now it's my great honor and privilege to be part of a search party to go in and help others. Um, But the thing that's really hitting me today is that this is a searching party. I'm not a lone rescuer. I'm part of a party and it takes a, it takes a search party. Um, it takes a village. And I was thinking this morning about, um, I put my hand in yours. Um, I put my hand in yours. Together we can do what we could never do alone. No longer is there a sense of hopelessness. No longer must we each depend upon our own steady, our own unsteady willpower. We're all together now reaching out our hands for power and strength greater than ours. And as we join hands, we find love and understanding beyond our wildest dreams. I was thinking about that because I have this desire in me to hold my sponsee's hands. And I have to be really, really careful with that because I want to hold both their hands. And one of my hands had better be holding a flashlight. One of my hands had better be holding a flashlight, pointing them towards the way out pointing them towards something else, not toward me, but toward God. Because um, I get this sort of, I guess, like a savior complex, like, let me help you, let me help you. And I think I need to stay really, really clear that the help I am providing is just a flashlight. Like, look, somebody came in here and got me, and this is the way they pointed for me. It's this way. Let me point you this way. This is a really big lesson for me right now. Um, And I just want to express some gratitude here that I get to be part of God's search and rescue mission. Talk about a purpose-driven life. I get to be part of God's search and rescue mission. And it's so beautiful. Um, And I'm so grateful to all of you. And I think that's all I wanted to say. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, uh, Faye L. Teresa P., you're up, followed by Lee H. Hi, I'm Teresa P., recovered uh, gratefully in California. And uh, this is, uh, this is uh, so, um, so important for me to remember is that it's how hopeless I was. I can still go to hopeless, but it's nowhere near the hopeless I had before program. I, I mean... Uh, I had been in, you know, in uh, believing in God and, you know, uh, working my religion for years, all my all my life, believed it deeply. Uh, but it didn't work. You know, it did not stop the food addiction. And, you know, I, I got, got so sick and I got sick because, you know, it takes a toll. And I was hopeless. I was suicidal. But I couldn't tell anybody because, you know, how do you like confess like, oh, gee, I'm suicidal because, you know, God's not taking away the food or I just want to die here. I've got school kids, but I still want to die. 
Well, I just walked through uh, life for a number of years, the walking dead, keep pushing on on self-will. And um, thankfully, did have uh, you know, a number of the breakdowns that got me into program and showed me that, you know, program worked. And then I uh, heard about uh, Overeaters Anonymous, and, and I thought, there's a program for food? And, and I was so excited because, you know, I I knew program worked, and but I never heard about Overeaters Anonymous. And so... Um, you know, I I got to go with a joyful heart because I know, oh, this works. And and I think, well, what I appreciate so much is that, you know, God takes us all on the path we need to go. As, um, is that I got to know that there was a program and that program worked because I was so hopeless about the food, so hopeless about my life. I I mean, I was so mentally ill. I remember just wanting to become a part of the wall. Just, you know, that I wouldn't have to hear anybody and do anything. And just, I can't handle all these things that are going on. Nothing's working. I'm praying about this, and it's still not working. And what I get to do today is just be a part of, you know, uh, a part of the the, the, the bunch. Well, another bozo on the bus, and, you know, I got the handbook to life. Here it is. It's the 12 steps. You know, it's nothing mysterious. You know, the programs. I think you just call, just call it the 12 steps because I get confused by program. What part of program is this? Well, no, it's the 12 steps. And why do the 12 steps work? Because the 12 steps help uh, open up the way to God so that I can connect with God who gives me the power because I never had the power to stop eating. I made all the decisions. I tried really hard. I prayed, but I never had the power. And the 12 steps opened me up to God, that I have shoved all that stuff in between me and God. Time, please. Thank you, and I hear that. And so today, thank God that there's the 12 steps, and it works. Thank you for letting me share my path. Thank you, Teresa P. The H, you're up, followed by Jennifer F. Thank you so much, moderator. This is Lee H. from Tennessee, and I'm a grateful compulsive overeater. And um, I'm so thankful that you heard my name. There's been so many good shares. And what I want to focus on is the um, word. Uh, it says, frankly, he frankly stated he thought the treatment a waste of effort unless I could assure him, which no one ever had, that in the future he would have the willpower to resist the impulse to drink. And I can relate to that so much. I, Even in this program, I was continuing to use willpower to do this program. And I just, I kept relapsing. I, I kept picking up. And I, I went, you know, into that awful cycle of shame and guilt. And this this last time around in the steps, I had a sponsor that I was kind of thinking it was one of these hard, hard sponsors that I sometimes hear on the line. It's like, oh, no, I've got a really hard one. This, you know, she's going to really um, be hard on me and I, I'm just going to relapse again. But, you know, she was so loving and kind, and she stressed honesty. 
just like this man, he was frank. He stated what he believed. He stated he, that, you know, he thought it was a waste of effort. You know, he was truthful, honest about it. And, I, and she said, please be honest with me. She said, I will not shame you. I will not turn you down. I, you know, and I finally got it that I needed to just trust the, the willingness, trust my sponsor. And she actually helped put her hand in mine so that I could reach my higher power who is just giving me the gift every single day of abstinence. I do not understand it. I don't know how I got here. I just know that God was working in my life and gave me a sponsor who loved me and guided me. Now, she was not easy, but I realize my higher power loves me through discipline. And I know we don't hear that word because that's that's a triggering word, but it it is truly a gift. I now live in this wonderful world of being of service and helping, trying to help others. And it's not perfect, but it's just, it's, it's a gift and, and it's my pleasure to be of service. So thanks so much for letting me share. Thank you, Lee. And Janice S., you're up and then we'll open it for up for more shares. And just let me say where we are in case you just joined us. We're on page Roman numeral XXXI in the doctor's opinion, the third paragraph, when I need a mental uplift, reading that one paragraph only. So go ahead, please, Janice S. Thank you so much. My name is Janice S. from Tennessee, and I am a compulsive overeater, um, and as today I am recovered. Um, the shares have just been so great this morning. Um, I, I just wanted to touch on a couple of things um, in this paragraph. First of all, Dr. Silkworth, uh, when he said mental uplift, I think that, you know, Dr. Silkworth had seen so much in the disease and I'm sure there were days that it was, I'm sure that he needed a mental uplift because of all the stuff he had seen. And we have to remember that he was not, he wasn't in the disease. He was just trying to help others. And um, so thankful that he did because I, I think many of us today wouldn't be here if it wasn't for his work. I too want to talk about the word, the words willpower that were in parentheses when I um, when I was told about OA from a dear friend, and I came, um, you know, I I've tried so many things on my own through the years. I mean, you know, just every diet, every fad, every exercise program, everything, and it was always about my willpower. And I I felt like I could do it. You know, I every time I heard it, I'm, I'm going to stick to this. It was always, always on my own willpower. And I was successful sometimes. I would lose weight, but I never, I was never altogether successful because I couldn't stick to it. And that's because it was my willpower. We find out once we've been here a while that it has absolutely nothing to do with our willpower. I've learned now that my will is, doesn't matter. And I learned through the program that it's God's will that makes me be able to do this. And I'm so grateful and happy with that. But having said that, 
It was my will that got me here. Someone told me about this, and I had to make up my mind to take the step into the room, into the onto the call. And the first few calls I listened to, I was so lost. I didn't know what you guys were talking about. I kept waiting to try to understand it, but I kept coming back, and I kept listening, and I got a sponsor. Those were my choices, and I'm so, so thankful that I did. Tomorrow I will be here 60 days, and if you would have told me 65 days ago that I would be this way today, I wouldn't have believed you. I would have not believed you. It, it, my willpower, it took my willpower to take those first few steps, but now it's God's will. It's not mine, and it's, it's a miracle. It is a miracle. So I encourage anyone that's especially new, just keep coming back, and, and you will Time learn. You know, thank you so much. I will end with that. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Janice S. Okay, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So if you haven't shared since Tuesday, who would like to share on the third paragraph on page XXXI? Jennifer, Golda, Golda is, it is real. Golda is Lucia. Ariel, from Texas. Okay. Dana P. Okay. I. Who? Who was that? Dana P. Dana P. Dana P. Okay. Well, I'll tell you who I heard. That was very jumbled. I heard a Jennifer. I heard Golda and Israel. Lou B. from Texas and Dana P. Who else said their name? If you could try to say it one at a time. Ariel R. Ariel R. Melissa C. Sharon W. Russ M. And I think someone W. Who was that W? Karen. Karen W. Sharon? Karen. Karen, okay. Yes, thank you. Okay, so this is who I have. I have Jennifer, I don't know the initials, Golda from Israel, Lou B, Dana P, Ariel R, Melissa C, Russ M, and Karen W, and I'm not going to try to do the math. Well, that's, that's way too many names for the, um, we don't have that many minutes. But anyway, go ahead, please, Jennifer, followed by Golda. Out of the color. Good morning, uh, Jennifer C. Recovered in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Um, so looking ahead a little bit, you know, he became sold. This man became sold on the ideas in this book. Um, what ideas, right? Like what ideas? Well, guess what? His way completely, utterly failed. It was a complete fail. His mind told him that it was over to go to a barn and die. His mind, his way led to a barn. His way failed. Self-reliance failed. His mental resources failed. The next idea was that there was a loving God that rescued him from that barn. He did nothing to earn it. Thank you, Pete B., for highlighting that it was grace then, it's grace now, and it's going to be grace for the rest of our lives, right? 
So the idea was there's another way. There's another way. Um, And the idea is I'm all in, right? Like I'm all in. I don't have to understand every facet of every step to get recovered because that's still self-reliance, right? I'm relying on my own understanding to figure this thing out, which as we know has no power to save me. My own understanding has no power. I can become sold on these ideas in stages, in layers, and I don't even have to understand. The mental uplift that I get every day is witnessing the miracle in other people's stories, right? Like you're all my mental uplift because I need to be continuously reminded of grace. You know, I, when I think I'm doing it, I think it's my action, you know, my action, my willingness. God is rescuing people in this program that won't even believe in God. If that's not grace, I don't know what is. So I have to stay connected so that I can keep witnessing the miracles. These principles work because of the author, because of the author, right? Period. Um, And it's because, it's because my old ideas led me to a deserted barn, determined to die. And I pray that I never forget my own deserted barn. Door A is freedom and usefulness and power. And door B leads me to an old deserted barn. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, right? Thank you, God, for door A. And may I never forget that the word grace is written all over it. Thank you, Pete B. And thank you, all of you. Have a wonderful day. Okay, perfect timing, Jennifer C. Okay, go ahead, please. Golda, followed by Lou B. Thank you so much, everybody. I am Golda H. in Israel. And um, I, I want to share that um, uh, that um, I really love this, uh, ha- this idea of the patient had made his own diagnosis. And he decided... His situation is hopeless, hidden in a deserted barn, determined to die. I have done this so many times in so many forms, and it it gives me a feeling of control. Like, that's it. Everyone's just going to hate me anyway. So I'm going to make sure I'll act in a way that will get everyone to reject me, and then I'll go off and be by myself and want to die. And I'll live out these scripts over and over and over in millions of ways and, you know, just using food to ease the pain of that. But, um, but at, at this kind of decision, it, it isn't only about giving up about my eating. It's giving up, period, and being, as people have said, in my own head and my own will and my own ego. And really, it's all self-protection. I'm, I'm going to hurt myself so no one else can hurt me ever again. And I, I really love that it's true, that God saves us all the time when we don't deserve it, when we didn't earn it, when we don't even believe in him. He is rescuing us all the time, and not just addicts. I mean, people all, all, all over the world. So, so I have to remember that, too, when I think, you know, I'm not working my program well enough, or I'm not doing this well enough, or that well enough. I remember that God loves unconditionally. And um, I, and he will send out a search party every time. And I do need to make a choice. 
each time, each moment, each day that I want to go back into the barn in some form or another, make that choice to respond to the search party because it could come in a million different ways and make a choice to work program to be in the solution and to be in the steps. And um, it works every time. I, uh, yeah, I don't know why people have been bringing up religion. I love it because I really wanted to say real quick that um, for me, I had an insight the other day that the reason my religion, religious practice didn't work by itself, although I love my religious practice and I see it as very spiritual and not just dogmatic, uh, it didn't work because on some level, I couldn't access God consciousness enough to surrender. But when I work a program, when I decide to, I'm going to do this thing, I'm surrendering to it in a certain way where I can find God through the glass. I see him behind the glass of the program. And um, anyway, so anyway, I'm out of breath. I'm sorry. I'm just kind of pacing my house because I'm so worked up. Anyway, thank you for letting me share. That's all I have. Thank you, Golda. Okay, Lou B, you're up, followed by Dana P. Good morning. This is Lou B. I'm grateful that you heard me, Katie. Thank you. Um, I am a real compulsive overeater um, of a hopeless variety, and I'm really grateful to be here this morning. So uh, I've always wanted people to assure me that I was going to be okay, I've always wanted people to be the ones who who told me that I was going to be able to, you know, figure this thing out. And in terms of this paragraph, that I would have the willpower to resist the impulse to eat. You know, and um and and that's that's why I came here and that's why I talked with you guys because I wanted you to assure me that I would have the willpower, that I would someday be able to get my act together and and quit picking up, you know. But what I found when I stayed around was that, you know, I don't get to decide what <laughs> what I'm going to do, whether I'm going to um, pick up or not pick up. You know, what I get to do today is I get to follow the suggestions of this book and um, do things like get up in the morning and make conscious contact with my higher power and reach out to y'all. And be honest with people and, um, you know, think about my food in the morning and, and share that plan with checking with my higher power about it first and then share my plan with um, someone else. You know, I get to do these these, these things and I, and I get to work these steps. And, and, and the way that I believe it works for me is that then my higher power um, gives me what I need that day. You know, and 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 I, and I think that part of his will for me is to not pick up, right? And so I think that that's something that that is a byproduct of of these things that that I've learned to do that I that I really do believe are from my higher power. So, you know, today, I, I guess I I feel assured, you know, that that my higher power is going to be here with me every step of the way, and and you know, protect me and, and, and be with me. Um, but it, it, it doesn't look the way that I thought it was going to look, you know, when I came in, I wanted, I wanted to be told that, that I was going to be 
that I was going to be one of these people who could, you know, eat just one of these little things with a cup of tea and walk away, and I'm never going to be that person, you know. It doesn't look the way that I thought it was going to look, um, the way that I wanted someone to assure me that it was going to look, but but I, but I live a pretty pretty okay life today, you know, and, I, and I'm doing things that I would have never dreamed I would be able to do when I was in a dark room with the windows drawn with food, so... Um, I'm really glad to be here this morning, and thanks for hearing me, Katie, and I hope everybody has a great day. I pass. Okay, thank you, Lou B. Okay, Dana P., you're up, and you'll be our last share. Good morning, Katie. Dana P. in California. Can I be heard? Yes. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for your service. You know, I'm I'm here basking in these beautiful, amazing shares, and just kind of want to go back um, to this idea of the deserted barn um, and and what that sort of represented for me as I read this paragraph and I've heard uh, the shares about that is the isolation uh, and that's that's my disease I mean it's a metaphorical uh, representation that deserted barn um, because that's where my disease put me in total isolation Uh, not to mention drawing the curtains and getting into as much food as I could possibly get into um, and bulimia as much as I could possibly get into uh, in this disease. And and I especially like the part about the search and rescue and God's grace because really ultimately, you know, who's going to find me in a deserted barn? And as I thought about this gentleman, you know, what was he going to do? Was he going to drink himself to, to death or was it going to hang himself from a rope? And I definitely contemplated all of those options when I was in my disease. And um, who came to save me? Well, God came to save me. God absolutely came to save me. Reached down under that bridge where I was dancing around with a troll and lifted me up um, so that mental uplift, as this doctor is speaking of, that example for all of us of how our life can be, standing on the bridge in the sunlight of the spirit. And so I continue, continue, continue to reach out. And the part about the will, um, for me, I recognize that that will is a gift from God as well. And whatever I do to follow God's will, um, using the will that he gave me, puts me in that place in the sunlight of the spirit as well. So I'm really grateful for this program and for everyone that's here today. And I'll pass it back. Thanks so much again, Katie. Okay, thank you so much. Dana P., and I'm sorry to Ariel, Melissa C., Russ M., and Karen W. for not getting in this morning. I apologize for not uh, doing the math before I opened it up and let you know there was only time for four or five more shares, but or I don't know how many it was. Anyway, thank you for letting me lead for the month of April, and so thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. In the share ID for today, April 29th, 2022, 7 a.m. meeting is 18,904. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. 
Will Anne-Marie M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. This is Anne-Marie M., uh, gratefully recovered through God's grace. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.